Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Wells Fargo deciding to scale back its mortgage footprint, and my interview with Built Technologies' Jim Frazier on originating and managing loans to build or improve housing. Today's podcast is presented by Agile, tech that democratizes MBS trading. Agile overturns manual processes to unlock the potential of an electronic marketplace, digitizing the historically phone-based communication process to support both TBA trading and MBS pooling. Because Agile is browser-based, lenders can request trades from any device, anywhere. Agile users experience an average improvement of 1.6 basis points on their TBA trades after implementation. Agile's digital platform makes it convenient to request more competitive bids on more trades. Add in a robust network of dealers and insightful reporting for a whole new experience with the MBS market. To learn more, visit trade-agile.com. Broadly speaking, lenders can be involved in retail, wholesale, or correspondent. And very broadly speaking, to state a generalization, in the past, a rule of thumb said that LOs made 100 basis points, wholesale AEs made 10 basis points, and correspondent AEs made 1 basis point. A correspondent channel has traditionally been viewed as a way for an institution, such as Chase, Wells, Marahome, PennyMac, City, and so on, to bring in large volume economically and add servicing value and clients to its portfolio. Has this changed? For decades, Wells Fargo has been an icon in correspondent lending. But Bloomberg is reporting, and this is not an official news flash from Wells Fargo, that people with knowledge of the decision say that Wells Fargo's leadership is preparing a retreat that will probably start with the bank's ties to outside mortgage firms that generated roughly a third of its $205 billion in new home loans last year. The strategy shift follows changes in the executive ranks and years of struggles to avoid costly regulatory probes and hits to the bank's reputation. According to the Bloomberg story, Wells Fargo plans to shrink its vast mortgage empire, which, which once churned out one of every three home loans in the U.S. and for a time made the bank the most valuable in the nation. No longer committed to ranking number one in the business, Wells Fargo's leadership is preparing a retreat that will probably start with the bank's ties to outside mortgage firms that generated roughly a third of its $205 billion in new home loans last year, according to people with knowledge of the decision. The strategy shift follows changes in the executive ranks and years of struggles to avoid costly regulatory probes and hits to the bank's reputation. The report goes on to say, with many details yet to be hashed out, the focus will be on lending to people with existing relationships to the bank, as in retail customers versus correspondent, or in places where it's already present. Wells Fargo is committed to supporting customers and communities through the home lending business. Unlike others in the industry, it's evaluating the size of its mortgage business to adapt to a dramatically smaller originations market. Wells Fargo is also continuing to look across the company to prioritize and best position it to serve their customers broadly. Retrenching will almost certainly include pairing or potentially even halting so-called correspondent mortgage lending, in which Wells Fargo provides funding for loans arranged by outsiders. The channel offers benefits but also poses risks. Some banks use correspondent loans to diversify or round out portfolios they may keep on their balance sheets. A concern inside Wells Fargo is that when it finances large amounts of loans from other firms, it's on the hook for any reputational damage it problems later service. 
But in one sign of Wells Fargo's evolving philosophy, executives are already under orders to improve handling of applications from existing consumer banking and wealth management clients, rather than refer them to the same system used by non-customers. Finally, it's a reminder that residential lending has changed. Banks dominated the home loan market heading into the 2008 financial crisis. After the bust, many large lenders faced tens of billions of dollars in liability for mortgage-related operations and retreated. Bank of America, for example, originated more than $100 billion of new home loans in a single quarter in 2009 after scooping up scandal-ridden countrywide financial. By 2018, it was originating less than 10% of that. Meanwhile, a new breed of online mortgage lenders swelled to fill the void left by banks. Quicken Loans grew from the 34th largest provider of mortgages when the housing market reached its previous peak in 2006 to eventually pass Wells Fargo in originating new home loans. Along the way, it changed its name to Rocket. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show Jim Frazier, who works as Built Lending's channel manager overseeing construction lending origination and loan administration platform solutions. Jim has over 30 years of experience in financial services with an emphasis in construction lending and real estate development. He plays a significant role in building Built's lending solution for the entire construction finance ecosystem. Prior to working at Built, Jim was EVP of commercial lending at Axos Bank, where he was responsible for commercial construction lending, income property, lender finance, equipment leasing, and factoring. Jim also served as managing director at Bank of California, managing $500 million in residential and CRE construction, including Fannie Mae and FHA renovation lending programs. Built is essentially able to work with lenders so that they are able to offer customers products they wouldn't otherwise be able to, or it, or it shows them uh, the, the proper uh, pricing or, or guidelines? How, how does it work? Built is not an LOS and Built is not a core accounting system, but it is the middleware that those entities, those, those, those systems don't provide. So think about construction loan budgets, think about underwriting collateral and underwriting the trades, general contractors, remodelers, home builders, who are the provider of the completion of the collateral, that underwriting, that processing of those unique characteristics are what Built provides. And then those features become part of the loan administration. That is the actual servicing of draw requests that come in via the platform to be managed by the lender. Um, and in many cases, right, those, those lenders are delivering to Fannie or, or to other investors. Or if they're a balance sheet lender, right, they're sitting on a portfolio until the, the property is complete and then they execute into whatever their secondary execution is. Um, but built a SaaS platform that sits between LOS and, and core. Um, and the reason that we exist, the niche that we fill is because the, the, the actual production is small. And so the large LOS providers and, and core accounting systems have never invested in building out the very specific features that are needed. Yeah, could you elaborate a little bit on uh, why this is actually a, a good time for you in the market, I've obviously a, a lot of lenders in 2022 have been having a hard time. But it sounds like uh, this is almost your moment to shine, your day in the sun. Yeah, I look, we, we've been tracking. So um, just to give you a sort of sense of size and scale. So we have about uh, $135 billion of construction loans, all types. So think CRE, you know, lar our largest project is 3.2 billion. 
Um, but we provide everything through the home builder space. So think about barring bases and master guidance lines, all the way down to, to FHA and Fannie Mae renovation products like 203K and HomeStyle. Uh, and construction to perm with with all sorts of lenders. But what we track, and this is sort of interesting to the point, year to date from January 1st through the end of July, there has been no decline in loan activation. So we're still seeing on the consumer side, about 2,000 loans a month are starting. That means on our system, they're actually being dispersed and managed on built. Rates have gone from a three-handle to a five-handle. So Clearly, there's ongoing demand in the market, and loan officers, loan originators, and lenders are continuing to find success in originating that volume when other volumes have declined, regardless of interest rate. And what sort of products have been popular? And I guess in, in addition to that, what products are, are out there that borrowers might not know about that could really benefit them? So... Um, I, you know, I think I think the Fannie Mae Homestyle product. I think Freddie Mac has a, a renovation choice product. FHA two hundred three K has been around forever, um, but those products are difficult to underwrite and originate because you need to think about them differently. You need to be able to understand the total capitalization needed to complete the project, which in a way is kind of a reverse engineering. It's not loan to value as it is today; it's loan to future value at completion. And so plans and specifications, review of budget items, uh, availability of trades and materials to complete projects, all that goes into the recipe of, of accurately originating these transactions. And for most lenders, that requires a new set of processes, procedures, underwriting guidelines, and secondary executions. Um, and when they've had plenty of refi business, you don't need to pay attention to it. Uh, and now you do. Um, and so built helps those clients find their way to executing those products in a in a tech platform. Um, and, and that that's I think that's the availability of opportunity today. So I saw some verbiage that it's not only originating loans, but also managing loans to build or improve housing. Can you talk about the management side of things? <clears throat> yeah, so whether it's a advancing commitment, um, on a on a on a fully funded basis out in the future, or a holdback commitment. So most of the renovation products that the agencies buy, as you probably know, are holdback balances. Essentially, it's a it's a large escrow holdback, and that those balances, whether they're advancing or dispersed from a holdback, need to be reviewed and approved relative to the completion of the project itself. Right, you don't want to advance funds to um, an incomplete project. And so that creates a control requirement for administrating the, the actual balances. And that is a, that's a high customer service, high touch point service that requires um, borrower, general contractor or remodeler, title company, inspectors all to collaborate at a single moment in time as those funds are being requested to pay invoices. Built as a collaborative platform. So all four or five of those parties can actually access the same system and see the same um, status of the project and review the information to execute a draw that is a release of funds in about two to two and a half days. What's critical about that is paying subs, paying suppliers, paying general contractors, keep them coming back to the project, which is what's the, what's the common interest of the borrower and the lender is 
is the synchronization of that activity and the funding of the project because everybody wants to complete on time and on budget. Time is your enemy in the construction lending space because time will kill most of those deals, partly if, and especially if they're not owner-occupied, if they're related to market takeout, as we've seen, right, just in the last 90 days, as markets move, values compress. And so what the pro forma was to take out that loan could change pretty quickly. So built to sort of answer your question, built is, is a service providing platform to originate and then disperse over time that collateral, that project, um, and uses the uses the, the system and the cloud to actually synchronize the parties. So for example, I think last month we did something like 40,000 residential inspections across the platform to our 220 lenders that are on in the US and Canada that are on built. Yeah, so you're working with all these lenders. How are you able to build trust over time and, and grow your book of business? So it's it's that's a value question, Rob, right? Um, and clearly there's economic value in using our system. So, you know, customer service and turn times, as I mentioned, are critical, but also critical about that is efficiency. So if you have a limited team trying to manage disbursements, it comes down to a units per head, just like any other servicing function, a units per head calculation. How efficient are you? And does your software create efficiency? On average, I think our clients are managing about 250 construction or renovation loans per servicing FTE. Um, and that's because of the interaction and the collaboration I mentioned earlier. In addition, if I get the money out faster and I'm actually earning money on that spread of the outstanding on the draw, the faster I get the money out, the better my net interest income is on those outstandings if, if I'm a bank and I'm working on spread. Um, so by clearly demonstrating return and value, you build sort of the economic trust. But beyond that, what really is key is the surveillance that comes and the risk management that comes from monitoring and seeing this activity real time. So if our inspectors using our mobile app are on a property today, taking photos and confirming status and hitting submit in real time in the main office, operators are seeing that information and so are risk managers and credit officers to review the status of any transaction. We have alerts like lien monitoring. So 24-7, if any lien, whether it's a mechanics lien or any other kind of involuntary lien hits the property, it services and it's expressed in our UI right in the face of the, of the operator. Same with the contractor. So we underwrite a builder or contractor up front, but it goes on and monitors through the life cycle of the construction project. And then if any correction or change occurs in that builder's status. His license expires. He files BK. That is also driven as an alert to the operator. So technology and digitization creates value through trust. And that trust is, hey, I'm, I have better customer service. I have better economics and I have better risk management controls. I saw that built just acquired native and that's more on the commercial side of things. But I want to ask you, What's on the horizon? How, how do you grow from here? What are, what are uh, the hopes for the next year or two? So, um, so Rob, we think about the stakeholders uh, on, on uh, kind of a, a cube, and we think about the stakeholders as 
sort of the capital providers, which is the lenders, the debt funds, the life codes that we we have as customers, um, and mortgage companies, the, the largest mortgage companies in the country are our customers. Um, and they are the kind of, they are the source of the capital, but the capital flows down through owners and developers, and, and that includes owner occupants for the mortgage space. And then it falls down to home builders, general contractors, and other developers, their subs, their suppliers, and, and, and there's a whole chain in that structure. Um, we offer not just a lending suite of solutions, but we also provide a construction set of solutions. So we interface directly with builders, developers, and contractors and have a lien waiver and payments platform. So if you think about the actual flow of the dollar coming out of a construction disbursement, passing through a owner, then going down to a general contractor and their sub and suppliers, builds providing services up and down that, that ecosystem. So for example, we have built pay and built pay is a solution that allows the general contractor or builder to pay their subcontractor or supplier. And it's a handshake that we present a lien waiver to the payee and the payor, the general contractor can issue funds, ACH wire check in a direct exchange for that lien waiver. Now that's valuable because now as a lender, I know because of the data that we have that the people being paid on my loan are actually the people that are doing the work on the real estate which is a, it's a huge risk control. Um, so, so as we look at the market, we look at a, about a trillion four of U.S. put in place construction dollars, which is kind of categorized, if you will, I'm excluding government you know, infrastructure spend there, but it's categorized into commercial and residential transactions, right? Residential in, the, in, that, in that calculation includes multifam. Um, but there's about 900 billion in residential construction. And I'd say right now we're at kind of an 8% clip of that of share of that of that spend um, in the US. We we do have two Canadian banks that are on our platform and 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 we're being pulled into the UK and, and Australia as well. So um we're we're gonna grow internationally over time and and grow up and down that that stack of stakeholders I described. And for those listeners looking to learn more about Built or get in contact, what are the best next steps? Getbuilt.com is our webpage. Um, there's lots of information there. Uh, anybody can can um, hop onto the site and request information from either the contracting side, but most importantly for the mortgage and, and lender side. Awesome. Jim, really enjoyed it. Thanks for making the time and talking to me today. Thanks, Rob. Turning to the bond market and therefore interest rates, both inflation figures and expectations dropped last week, which was welcome news and something the Fed will pay close attention to. Declining energy prices helped to drive down inflation below market expectations in July. The monthly increase of 0.1% was below the 0.3% expected gain, while the annual rate fell from 9.1% to 8.5%. But the most significant expenses for most, shelter and food, were up 5.7%, and 10.9% over the last year, respectively. Additionally, the decline in consumer demand is occurring at the same time many retailers have restocked inventories, causing some to begin offering discounts as items sit on shelves. For the first time in two years, producer prices declined month over month. 
Expectations for future inflation are moderating, according to a Federal Reserve survey and one from the University of Michigan. The markets are still undecided about how much the Fed will move in September, as each new economic release seems to move expectations from 75 basis points to 50 basis points and vice versa. Following July's job numbers, the market heavily favored 75 basis points, but has since retreated following last week's inflation data. This week's economic calendar includes several housing market indices, minutes from the July 26-27th FOMC meeting, retail sales and business inventories, as well as leading indicators. Today's economic calendar is underway, with New York Fed manufacturing for August, which fell 14 points, basically collapsing. And ahead today, after the commentary comes out, are the NAHB housing market index, remarks from Fed Governor Waller, and a Fed MBS purchase operation of up to $776 million, 4% through 5%. We begin the week with agency MBS prices better by a quarter from Friday and the 10-year yielding 2.78 after closing last week at 2.85% due to the collapse of the Empire State Manufacturing Index. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Police in Los Angeles had good luck with a robbery suspect who just couldn't control himself during a lineup. Detectives asked each man in the lineup to repeat the words, Give me all your money or I'll shoot. One of them, when it was his turn, shouted, That's not what I said. <laughs> Thanks again to Agile, the mortgage industry's MBS fintech, bringing the mortgage capital markets into a new digital era. From lenders to dealers, Agile is the new way to quote MBS. Visit trade-agile.com for more information. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.